Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host, I'm Shmain Linney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, biohacker and certified iridologist. I'm very happy to have you back with me for another episode and in this week's episode we are doing part two of fatty liver. So before I go on I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please do consult your healthcare practitioner or your doctor before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, it's great to have you all back with me for part two. I hope you listened to part one of the fatty liver series. It was very informational. So in part one, we looked at the symptoms, the causes, how you would get diagnosed or test to get confirmation of fatty liver. So I hope you listen to all that because that is very important to lead you into this week's episode where we're going to look at the treatment. Of course, we're gonna look at kind of Western medicine, the conventional treatment, and then some more natural approaches that you can do that are quite effective. Um, But again, please do not take the information in these podcast episodes as um, medical advice. They are educational for educational purposes only. Okay, so last week when we looked at how one would get fatty liver, how it's caused in the body and how you would get a diagnosis of it, the symptoms that may show that you have some sort of hepatic steatosis, which is what we also call fatty liver in the body. And then if that steatosis had gotten so bad that maybe you had developed some worse issues like the scarring or lesions uh, known as liver fibrosis or even worse that cirrhosis Um, and we discussed how I probably pronounce it different to you because I'm Irish and we pronounce our words quite harsh, I think. We looked at the tree, um, the testing, and um, this week we're looking at treatment. So currently no medications have been officially approved to treat fatty liver disease. Um, there's still a lot in um, research and one would say in Uh, trials, testing and development, Um, stuff like this before we approve of treatments to go into the human body, we like to do a lot of testing and trials so it doesn't cause any harm. So yes, no medications have officially been approved. Um, But in many people, all you need is the lifestyle changes to help reverse fatty liver. And the one thing I have to emphasize here, and I'll emphasize it with pretty much all health conditions or diagnoses, and this is it, these lifestyle changes, they're not short term. They're not something you do for four or six weeks. This has to become your lifestyle. It is long term. And too often have I seen people try things for a couple of weeks or months 
and they get results, but then they somehow fall off track and decide, oh, I want a different lifestyle, and then they get a diagnosis, and you're like, oh, shoot, you should have probably just stayed on track, and maybe we could have prevented this. But it definitely is a lifestyle, and anyone that works with me, I always remind them, this is a lifestyle. This is not short term. This has to be your life. This has been my life since 2006. I started my own journey. That's 15 years ago, actually, 15 years ago. Yeah, so March 2008 is when I hit my goal weight. So happy anniversary to me there, 13 year anniversary. Um, but that shows I'm maintaining my weight for the last 13 years. Like this has become my lifestyle. Um, and I understand there different people prioritize different things differently. But if you decide like, oh shit, I just got a diagnosis for fatty liver disease then you have to commit to a long-term lifestyle change. The key word being life there. It's going to be the rest of your life. And we can start addressing that by eliminating alcohol or even limiting alcohol, um, taking those steps to lose maybe any excess weight, making nutritional changes. Um, some doctors, if there's complications, they will also provide um, or prescribe medications or surgery along with these lifestyle changes. Um, but you definitely want to act fast because if things get really bad in the li fatty liver world and you do develop liver failure, then you may need a liver transplant. I mean, this is serious stuff and health is serious. You should take it quite seriously in my opinion, but of course I'm biased because this is what I do for a living. Um, but it's it's going to be a lifestyle thing. It's not a few weeks or a few months. This is your life. Um, so lifestyle changes generally are the first line of treatment for many people, depending on the severity of your current condition. So, I mean, even most doctors, they will say, okay, you should probably lose some weight and cut out some processed foods and sugars. And uh, they may even say, look, reduce your alcohol or you need to eliminate alcohol altogether. And actually, I've even heard doctors say, you know, you should get some exercise daily. So usually they'll start with 30 minutes of exercise most days of the week. Um, but there are some natural supplements. So, okay, back to the food part. When we look at fatty liver, even if it's not alcohol-driven fatty liver, we still want to reduce alcohol because when alcohol comes into the body, we have a hierarchy of what fuel sources the body will use at once. So if you have alcohol come into the body, alcohol is your body's first priority on burning for fuel because your body perceives alcohol as a poison. So if you have, let's just say, um, some wine with a pizza, now your body is going to burn the wine first because it perceives the wine as a poison and the alcohol is very readily burned off for fuel so a lot faster than anything else so your body will focus on 
metabolizing and detoxing and burning off the alcohol first before it moves to the pizza. So while it's burning off the alcohol, it's definitely not breaking down that pizza, the carbs and the sugars and whatever else is in that. It's storing that. And then once the alcohol is gone, then it'll get to work on the carbs. And at the very end, it'll get to work on the fats. Um, but what I'm saying here is if you consume alcohol and even if your fatty liver diagnosis is not driven by alcohol, it's somewhat kind of is. I mean, if you do drink alcohol and you get fatty liver disease, but it's not caused directly by overconsumption of alcohol, you still have the alcohol there inhibiting how the liver is processing sugars and other macronutrients and causing the body to convert more macronutrients into fat because it's so busy trying to metabolize the alcohol that it's not metabolizing the other macros. Does that make sense? So I would still maybe go completely cold turkey on alcohol for even three months or pull it back to one drink a week, which is a luxury to you. And you, when I say it's a luxury to you, that means when you have it, you thoroughly enjoy it and you appreciate it and you understand this is a treat, this is a luxury. This is not, oh, I can have a drink once a week. No, it's one drink a week until you start to um, take back some of your health. Um, and then, of course, we're looking at those processed, packaged foods, greasy foods, your simple carbohydrates, your trans fats. So a lot of that, what I went into in part one, we're going to look at reducing a lot of that. So I'm always apprehensive when I say move directly to whole foods and just cut out processed foods because for some people there's certain whole foods that are not going to be good for them. There's a lot of whole foods that are quite inflammatory and if the body is already in an inflamed state and like we spoke about in part one where the tissues are swollen or inflamed and the liver is inflamed then maybe we don't want to add in extra whole foods that we know are inflammatory. This brings us back to why we want to work with a health professional that's can say, yeah, no, this is a good idea, this is not a good idea. Um, and I'm not saying that I approve of processed foods either, but there are some processed foods that are made by highly reputable companies that they're processed in the sense that they're processed and packaged, but they don't contain junk. They contain really good ingredients and great ratios and they're anti-inflammatory. Um, but generally for most people, just cutting out all processed and prepackaged foods is going to make a big difference on their health. Um, and definitely for everyone, I'm going to say for everyone, which is quite outrageous for me, is um, just eliminate those trans fats. Those omega-6s, the toxic processed, hydrogenated, highly heated, greasy fats, shortenings, margarines, all just cut them out and you will see dividends returned on your health. I mean, that alone is going to make a big difference. But then um, when we look at the liver, we also, when we're taking like that dietary nutritional approach, we also want to understand, well, hey, we also need a lot of fluids, a lot of waters, 
a lot of medicinal teas that we know are very supportive of cleaning the blood, cleaning the kidneys, the bladder, the liver, all our detoxification pathways. When addressing any liver issues, water is going to be so important because if you're trying to clean out the liver, well, guess what? You have to flush it with water. You have to be flushing. It's like if someone has kidney issues, the more water they drink, the more they pee, the more frequently they pee, the better that's going to be for them because they're constantly flushing their kidneys. The same is said for the liver. If every drop of our blood in our body goes through our liver every hour, we're going to need some fluids to help flush out the toxins as well there. So water is going to be really, really important. And then water can come in the forms of either hydrating foods, or teas and I will go so far as to say medicinal coffees I'm a big fan of medicinal coffees coffee very good coffee can have amazing benefits for the liver alone but you still will get water there as well when we're looking at our medicinal teas like what teas are going to be great for the liver and I'm sure some people will um, have more to add but for me directly I'm looking at dandelion, raw dandelion root. Uh, the root specifically supports the liver. Um, we're looking at milk pistle, which many people know. Then I would be looking at burdock root, so raw burdock root. Um, I would even be looking towards hibiscus. Hibiscus can be really great for cholesterol, and we're looking at the cholesterol triglycerides coming from the liver. I really like hibiscus there. Raspberry leaf can be good. Nettle leaf can be really good. So those are those will be the teas I would be looking at straight away, and then even peppermint tea. Um, honestly, though, all and every medicinal herbal tea is going to have some benefit and I think in the last episode I said like you can't just go in and target one organ or one system in the body you have to target everything we have this huge feedback loop in our body so whatever tea you're having even if you're having a tea that you're told is good for hair growth for instance that tea there will still be a feedback loop there where um some of the molecules or compounds in that tea are going to be beneficial for the liver. That's just the way it is. Nature is amazing. The body is amazing. And they work very synergistically together. Um, when we're looking at um, herbs taking in a capsule form, um, I personally, I would be looking towards berberine for sure. Definitely, 100% berberine. I would be all over that. I would be looking at krill. This is a great anti-inflammatory. Those omega-3s to help um, push out some of the omega-6s would be very important for me. Um, tocotrienol, there's a lot, a lot of research on tocotrienol um, and its ability to reduce and completely reverse fatty liver disease. And that's a big claim to make, but the science is there. When we look at tocotrienols, we're looking at tocotrienols that are derived from anatto, but we're also looking at pure tocotrienols. So we do not want um, any of the tocopherols in there at all. At all. Like, so it should just be pure tocotrienols. Um, a lot of people do talk about... Um, different aspects of 
the trinol family but we just want the pure one in there and you can message me if you want a link and i will um, send it to you but the studies are just on the pure tocotrienol i believe there was a study that also double-sided study where uh, one group took pure tocotrienols and then the other group took a blend of tocotrienols and tocopherols um, and they didn't get near as good results as the pure group did. I would also be looking at vitamin E, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D. This is the stuff I would be looking at, zinc, magnesium for sure. I mean this has to be a lifestyle change but if I was to say like the top supplements I would be looking at, like the, those kind of standalone supplements that people generally don't take. I mean, a lot of people are taking C and D and A and zinc. The standalone ones I would be looking at, berberine for sure, krill, possibly chromium. Chromium is um, very important for helping the body metabolize glucose and sugars. So I would be looking at chromium there. Um, the tocotrienol for sure. If I got a di diagnosis of fatty liver, I'd be straight out to buy the tocotrienol. Um, what else would I take? I would consider quercetin for sure. Um, and acetylcysteine. And acetylcysteine is very important. It gets, it's a precursor to glutathione. Glutathione being our master antioxidant which is very, very supportive of the liver and the immune system and our detoxification pathways, our NRF2 pathways. Um, so N-acetylcysteine is quite affordable. Um, so I would look at that. But you can also, vitamin C is a precursor to N-acetylcysteine. So vitamin C will still do the trick there. Because I understand sometimes we have to make it affordable. I would also be looking at um, our collagogs and our choleretics. Um, so these herbs that support digestion and bile production and bile function because you need to have good digestion and bile to emulsify fats that come in in the diet but also help us digest the other macros a lot better as well. Um, I would consider if you were one of my clients listening now I would consider lowering your fat macros they don't have to go crazy low, but lower them from what they may have been. And if you're doing a refeed day or a feast day, I would drop that day down to one refeed meal or 1.5 refeed meals. So that could be like your refeed meal and a dessert or your refeed meal and a treat earlier in the day or a snack or something. But that's definitely something I would do until we get retested in a few months and we see that the fatty liver, the liver enzymes have all improved. Um, so that's something I would consider. And again, depending on the severity of your diagnosis, I may totally eliminate alcohol for three months, or I might reduce it to one serving a week. Um, and of course, if you're going to have alcohol, because your liver's already in a stressed state, and you're already experiencing inflammation throughout the body that alcohol has to be very clean like very clean either a very clean spirit or a very clean wine i would not be going towards white wine or rosé 
because they're going to be higher in sugar. I'd be looking at a good organic and if you can get a biodynamic red wine, those polyphenols, uh, resveratrol, um, the retinoids, they're going to be very, very beneficial in the liver and helping support the liver detoxification pathways and turning on specific genes to help with that fatty liver. Um, I'd also, Prosecco, you can get some nice organic Proseccos. Prosecco is very clean when it's organic and also almost zero sugar. Not that I'm advocating alcohol now, but these are what I've looked at. Definitely no beer, definitely no cider. Cider, so you're kind of down to your spirits if if you were doing that, or your very clean red wine or organic prosecco. You can even get a nice organic cava, that's really good as well. So cava kind of along the lines of prosecco in that it's very low sugar and quite clean. Um, and like the rest of your week, apart from that refeed meal and maybe the one serving of alcohol, the, the rest of the week is going to be very clean and very anti-inflammatory. And then if you decide to throw in a few supplements, um, you would want to time them wisely. Most of the supplements that are going to address specific conditions in the body are going to be best taken in a fasted window so you it depends if you're already on medications it's hard for me to advise of supplement timing without knowing but this is just a general for people uh, if you're working with a health professional they should be able to help direct you a lot more on kind of the timing and the dosages and all of that sort of stuff um so uh that's where I would start. And then there's other life practices. Um, so those lifestyle changes, the walking. Um, walking is going to be amazing. Walking is great for everyone. Um, adding in some weight training, if you could. Building lean muscle is going to help take the burden off your liver for metabolizing sugar because the sugar will be sucked into the muscles. It won't be left for the liver to just deal with it and to convert it into triglycerides. So building lean muscle if you can. Rebounding, dancing, anything that's going to help flow fluids through the body is going to help the liver detoxify a lot better. So that's going to be great. Inversion is go any inversion moves where you're getting your legs and even your hips above heart, um, above your hip, where you're getting your legs and hips above the level of your heart. That's going to help with detoxification and excretory processes too. And the reason I'm talking about detoxification so much is because our liver is our one of our main detoxification organs along with our lungs. We need to help it work more efficiently and effectively. And if you're not moving, if you've got gluggy blood, slow inflamed blood, if you're pooling toxins and blood in your lower limbs and your lymphatic fluids, this is going to be an extra strain on your liver that it does not need because it's already struggling. When we look at that liver scarring and the lesions I spoke about, in here we can look at, I would look at, um, enzymes, systemic, even proteolytic digestive enzymes, 
they're going to go in and help clear up any sort of inflammation or scar tissue. They really are effective when we're targeting scar tissue specifically and inflammation specifically. We're taking our enzymes in a fasted state. So that's how I would take mine. I might take serapeptase in the morning. Um, and this is what I would do. Again, I would need to know medications for anyone else because serapeptase, any enzymes will have an impact on medication medications and supplements. But I would take serapeptase in the morning and then I would consider um, maybe some digestive enzymes later in the day just to kind of clean up my act and whatever food is left over lingering in my digestive system. So if you're fasting in the evening, you could look at adding um, an enzyme in the evening just again to help with the digestion and the excretion of any molecules kind of lingering from the day's meals. We're really looking at taking the burden off your liver and detoxification pathways there. Um, and there's some other specific things that we can um, do. Um, I didn't mention cranberry and I'm saying um, because cranberry is more commonly associated with the kidneys, but cranberry is very rich in um, polyphenols. And if you can get a good cranberry tea, um, I do love pure organic cranberry tea. I have some here. It's hard to get your hands on. And unfortunately, Amazon is the only place I've been able to find it. Um, but that's going to, it does help the kidneys, but the kidneys are also directed, directly connected to the liver. So um, it's it will flush the kidneys. It'll help the detoxification pathways. It'll help the liver. It'll provide vitamin C. It'll provide polyphenols. It'll support the good bacteria. Cranberry tea is very, very awesome. I mean, you could get cranberry um, capsules or pills too, but if you're already taking other supplements, you may not want to add another one in. And this is where teas can be very, very helpful because they're obviously easy to get into you or your kids or anyone in your family. And you can also eat just cranberries, just organic fresh cranberries. You can get bags of them and freeze them and defrost them as you need to. So, so this is the approach I would take. And then lastly, I would be prioritizing sleep a lot. So sleep is where we get our big spike in human growth hormone. Especially if we're fasting, we get a huge spike in human growth hormone when we sleep. And that human growth hormone, that helps regenerate and repair tissues in the body. So when we're, we go to bed fasted, we have greater fat burning potential because of the human growth hormone. So the human growth hormone spike that we get when we sleep is even bigger if we are sleeping in a very fasted state, that means you're a little bit hungry going to bed and that sounds uncomfortable. But in that state, you're gonna upregulate fat burning and that includes that lipolysis in the liver, that breaking down of those fatty acids in the liver. So directly targeting the liver when you sleep through fasting. Um, and that's going to help metabolize, break down the liver, but it's also going to help, sorry, break down the liver fat. I 
not actually break down the liver but that's also then going to help then with the regeneration and the repair of new tissues because we constantly have cellular turnover we constantly have um, stem cell production and we can signal how we want the cellular turnover to happen we can signal where we want stem cells to go or if we want to produce more stem cells we can do all of this this is possible the research is there the books are there the scientists the doctors they're talking about this we can do this if you implement certain biohacks or protocols and do things at a certain time of the day in a certain way but to keep it simple you go to bed in a fasted state and you know that you're fasting uh, when you are feeling slightly hungry going to bed you know then I'm going to get a nice bump or boost of human growth hormone you that's one of the telltale signs if you go to bed and you're slightly hungry and you know that you're fasting or you're fasted state most people are fasting when they go to sleep or any of you that follow me will kind of understand what i'm getting at now but if you're if you go to bed and you're slightly hungry you know i am going to get a big boost of human growth hormone tonight and that's going to upregulate my fat burning potential but also my healing and regeneration potential too so um that that like the answers are there and they don't have to be too hard you do not have to go on medication you don't you're it's not a definite outcome that surgery or liver transplant is going to be what you need. There are options if you don't want to go down that kind of conventional path. But like I said, it is going to be a lifestyle for sure. It's going to be a lifestyle thing. But also um, go back over this episode. Take some notes. Write down some stuff. Like I literally would not advise of stuff I would not do myself. This is what I would do. And if you've met me or you know me, you know my health is my top priority and I take very good care of myself. And um, again, I would not advise my clients or followers to do anything that I wouldn't do or I wouldn't educate on something that I wouldn't do myself. So um if you have any questions whatsoever, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, you can through Instagram or Facebook or my website, ShemainesModelHealth.com. Um, message me, ask me questions. I'm more than happy to help. I put myself out here to help people. Otherwise, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Please share with anyone you feel may benefit from this information. Sharing is caring and right now it's up to all of us to take responsibility of our health. There's never been a more important time than right now to take care of your health and take responsibility for it. Um, and if you feel I deserve it, please leave me a review on whatever podcast platform you love or you use. Reviews really help small businesses a lot, like a lot. And right now, all the small businesses 
we're we're trying to survive just like everyone else so just leaving a few kind words or reviews on people's pages if you feel they deserve it it actually can go really really long way so i thank you in advance of doing that if you do it i really 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 appreciate it and to say thank you i will continue providing content and advice to my best abilities to support you on your journey Okay, that's enough for me now. I hope you all have a fabulous week and I will chat to you again real soon. Okay, stay safe and bye-bye.